did you quench your thirst? I did. I quenched it with ice. <laughs> Not sponsor of this podcast, but if Not they'd sponsor. like to, I feel like I feel like I've seen you drink those. You like that? That's your. That's a popular yeah, brand for you because it's sugar free, mm. but it also like tastes re- really good. Unlike Coke Zero. Yeah, no, Coke? I don't like Coke anymore. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I, um, I stopped drinking it a while ago and whenever it tits my lips, I'm like, Oh, like it's just, did you say whenever it tits your lips? <laughs> <laughs> whenever I, whenever I'm, mo- I'm motorboating a can of Coca-Cola, uh, it just doesn't seem right. It's wrong. It's wrong. I, I uh, LaCroix, I know there's a lot is- of to do about LaCroix. I think um, I'm not, I don't want to steal this from the brilliant person who said this on Twitter, but I saw Francis retweeted somebody else's tweet uh, that said, um, so I, this is not my original thought. LaCroix is, is like a, a beverage that saw a documentary on fruit and was trying, I don't know. Anyway, I thought that was funny. I I love LaCroix, uh, but I know a lot of other people think it tastes weird. Um, you are also I a love fan. I love LaCroix. Yes. Yeah. And I love that you always you, call it LaCroix. You, ca- yeah. you go with the classy, and I'm like, LaCroix! It's, cla- it's not classy. It's just I took French for two years. <laughs> so it's like kind of like a- You got to use it. Yeah. You got to use it. Um, exactly. I also say croissant. Croissant. Um, maybe we should start a podcast where we talk about things and I say them in the really like, like the bad, uh, sort of, uh, ugly pronunciation and you make it sound French. I'm sure everyone wants to hear a podcast about that. Everyone wants that. This is what the masses are asking for. (laughs) They have, they've asked me, they've, (laughs) or perhaps this podcast, which is now turning into a, what's my favorite beverage. Oh, that's what we'll do next. What's my favorite beverage podcast. Mm -hmm. And we'll tackle a different beverage. Each listeners tweeted us at Adam Andy pod. Should we start a podcast where we talk about our own, our favorite beverages? And if so, which beverage would you like us to tackle first? Warning. I do not like alcohol. That's true. I don't drink coffee because I don't drink sugar. I also don't like tea. Sh- so so the options are limited <laughs> no options we also it's don't drink narrow, coke anymore so a narrow very narrow maybe we just talk about different lacroix flavors maybe yeah. we just get real niche about it um welcome to the adam and andy podcast welcome. um i'm one of your hosts nicole i'm your other host sarah and contrary to what you might think this is not a podcast about our favorite La- lacroix flavors or lacroix flavors uh but this is a podcast where we watch the films television uh you know uh pics we look at a lot of pics pictures yes uh anything really of our two favorite actors um adam driver and andy samberg um so if you're here for that nonsense you've come to the right place that is yes so uh today we're 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 beginning what i would consider to be our deep dive into Brooklyn Nine Nine, deep, deep, deep dive. We're going deep the entry into Brooklyn Nine Nine world. We're entering. We're entering through the. Are we entering through the front door or the back door? You think the front door, of course. <laughs> the back door would be like the last episode of the. You're last right. Season. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely that right. Would be- 
crazy. What if you watched it in reverse and you just watched everybody's characters undevelop? Oh my God. We should try that sometime. Maybe when we get to the end of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, we'll go backwards in time. Okay, I think we figured out how to make this podcast last forever. Oh my gosh. Um, but so we will be talking about that. But before we get into that, Sarah, are you are you ready for some Adam news. and Auntie news? News. News. <laughs> You're hungry news. for it. Uh I we, I don't have a lot this week, but I do have a couple of visual aids. So let me get Ooh, those up. Uh, and I'll try to explain what it is we're looking at for the folks who are listening to us uh, on our podcast. Uh, of course, uh. we also have a vidcast version. You can find us on YouTube, uh, Critical Crop Tops YouTube channel. Uh, so what I've got cute. up first, I know, uh, look at him and his happy smile. This is who a picture is that of- woman? Uh, as somebody who works on Gucci. Uh, this. So what okay. we're looking at, audience, if you're listening to the listening version, is we're looking at a picture of Adam Driver and some p- crew person uh, on the... During, I guess this is either the rap party or per, it looks like a rap a party. Rap party. They've already wrapped for House of Gucci. Sarah, they've been shooting for like forty-two days. What? Can I you imagine? How I remember the first day. That was 42 days ago. I guess so. time has no meaning in quarantine. Guys, I might be exaggerating. Tweeted us at Adam Andy Pod. How many days did House of Gucci shoot? Um, I crazy. for some reason in my brain, I feel like it's 42 days, but I could be wildly wrong. You're uh, they've been right. shooting for a long time. Wow. Um, I mean, that's like two months, right? Yeah. I feel like it's been about two months, hasn't it? Maybe. I mean, I just spent a month, um, like going back and forth between Atlanta and Florida, Florida. So like, it's true. Yeah. I could have lost a whole m- month there. I feel Not like knowing what was going on. I'm going to miss the Gucci days. I'm going to miss the salad days of Gucci where the Italian paparazzi were so fucking re- relentless that we had nothing but Adam and, and Gaga picks. Like we were gorging ourselves. Yeah. On the Adam and Gaga picks. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss it, frankly. I'm going to miss you s- 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 sending me pictures. And on on Messenger, like I feel like right now, if if this were a, if we were in a movie, you and I right now, that we would cut to a montage with uh, cross dissolves all uh, the pictures of all the pictures uh, that we, I wanted more. Actually, I'm surprised you didn't send me more. You know what, Sarah? I didn't send all of them, so I think f- uh, maybe for the next two next forty two days, I'll continue sending you pictures from the Gucci set that I didn't text you. <laughs> Just to keep this going. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Gucci's wrapped. Uh, by Gucci, uh, Adam is going to begin shooting another Nobel Bombeck film, <laughs> which I'm no! sure you'll look. It's going to be different. Will there is be it? a middle? Will there be a middle aged crisis? I'm sure. Uh, likely to happen. We'll see. But. Um, or it'll be about divorce. I feel like it's got to be about one of those two things. That's really no Bombex wheelhouse, but it is a, it's a strange kind of weird book adaptation. White noise, of course, begins shooting in June. Hasn't he already gotten it out of his system though? Don't what? No Bombex? Wanna... Have yeah. you gotten me out of your system? No, I don't mean Adam. I mean, <laughs> I mean, hasn't he gotten divorce out of his system or like, I mean, even before n- he was divorced, n- he was crisis. making the squid and the whale, which was about his parents' divorce. Okay. Well, I'm joking. I don't think white noise is about divorce. I can't remember what it is about. Now, Sarah, if you were looking for homework, if you want to read white noise and report back to us what the fuck that book Wait, is about. 
The book White Noise? The book White Noise, which is the book that this movie is an adaptation of. I love homework. Uh, I know you do. This is exciting. You're the Amy Santiago to my Jake Peralta. Hey. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, or are you the Charles Broyle to my Jake Peralta? Or do you want to be Jake Peralta? I don't want to take Jake Peralta. It just felt like I, I feel like between us, I have the more Jake Peralta energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be a, a Amy. Okay, I love it. Um, or I'll be, uh, what is his name? Uh, Roy Holt. Roy <laughs> Ra- Raymond Holt. Um, but yeah, so if you want to read White Noise and, and give us, uh, have a little book corner, maybe you could give us some periodic uh, thoughts. I have read a couple excerpts and it seems horny as fuck, this really? book. Yes. Like super horny. Between who? Uh, like his, the character he's playing and his wife. Oh, oh, so it's like a marriage thing. Why is it? Why are you disappointed? Married people can be horny. No, I just mean, what? I don't know. Am I not the horniest married person you know? Well, yes, but the thing, no, I just want his films to be different. You mean Noah Baumbach? Noah Baumbach, yes. I think based on what I know of this film, it seems to be different, but it is going to be, look, here's what I'll say. And I'm going to come out of uh, the, the image for a second so we can get back to our faces for a second. Um, here's what I'll say about Noah Baumbach. We're joking that his films have the same thing over and over again. But I feel like I, I appreciate in a director when they have a tone and a style and they I think it's OK to explore things in different stories, even if the stories are similar. I think it's I think it shows consistency. And for someone that's not me, that's really going to matter to them and it's really going to speak to them. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I think Noah Bombeck's films are very well written. He casts them very well. They're well executed. I actually think Marriage Story, because it's shot in, in many, in a kind of an unusual way compared to some of his other films is probably, I would say my favorite of the films of Noah Bombeck that I've seen. Um, but you know, we joked a lot last week about that movie being a little insufferable because the character the main character was a little insufferable, but I do applaud Noah Baumbach for knowing what he wants to say and going for it. I think that's good, you know? And I do think that his, while his female characters are not um, always like, they're not like my, always my ideal of like what I'd like to see in a movie. They're miles above a lot of other male writer directors. I feel like he does, he does give them a story a lot of the time, even if it does, often feel like it's still secondary to the man's story uh i think but i think it's really hard for men to break away from that it's hard for them to break away from that egocentric point of view which is understandable when we're writing we're kind of egocentric about it um mm-hmm. and and it probably and maybe if we didn't have so many stories that are coming from the same types of people it wouldn't bother me so much yeah you know yeah. anyway i don't know why i came to noah bombeck's defense all of a sudden but um it's fine. I just, <laughs> I, I feel I like we hate, went kind of hard on him last week. I feel I like we went pretty hard hate on him. him. I just, there's something that's condescending about his writing. Like it's, it's very well written. It's very smart, very perceptive, but it's also condescending. You some, feel like you're being mansplained too. Yes. Yeah. I see that. I can see that. 
Yeah, I I actually think that that it definitely has that flavor. So I don't know. I'd love to know more about White Noise. There's not a chance I'm going to read it because it's not fan fiction. So, mm-hmm. um, so if you or or about Star Wars, I read Star Wars books. And it's not or written by fiction. Noah Baumbach, right? No, it's actually a okay. book that I think came out in the 1980s. Um, so, but if you want to read it and give us, uh, give us your thoughts, I'd love, I'd love to hear what you think about white noise. Um, yeah, that's, ex- I'm excited. I'm excited. I can't wait to hear more about it. Um, are you ready for some Andy news? Yes. So again, I don't, uh, I don't have a lot of, of new things today. Uh, I do have this lovely picture from set. Uh, so Aww. Andy is on Aww. set. Uh, so this is Look a picture, listeners, of Andy and uh, someone else who was, an, I assume, a supporting actor or extra. I don't recognize this actor, but he they're both playing police officers, of course. Uh, he's Look got, how cute he is. I know. Nicole. He's so adorable. Look at his smiley, adorable he's face. So cute. Oh, my gosh. Um, so there's Andy smiling on the set of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. There haven't oh. been a whole lot of pics of him this uh, season. So here's a nice little candid pic. He should smushed his cheeks. I know. He's so cute. Mm. Um, so that's it. That's all I've got for Adam and Andy News. They're working. These guys are working. That's what they're doing. So that's it. That's all I've got. That's all the Adam and Andy news I've got right now. Uh, so do you want to talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine? You ready? Mm-hmm. You ready for some Nine-Nine? Okay. Uh, so listeners, we, uh, not that we won't return to Adam, uh, to Adam, uh, not that we won't return to Andy's uh, filmography as new films come out. We'll watch them. Uh, I think at some point we will be watching some Lonely Island stuff and some SNL stuff, but for uh, for a while, I think we're gonna we're gonna enter Brooklyn Nine Nine. I have to tell you, Sarah, it was hard for me to stop at four episodes. Yeah, I was, I, I started five and I was like, oh wait, 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 wait. I wanted to keep going. <laughs> They're so quick and light and enjoyable um, that I really, it really was hard for me to stop at four episodes. Uh, so this is going to be interesting to make me sort of drag this out and not for like binge. Because if you watch too ma- ma- any of them, you won't remember what's yes going th- on. Or I think I'm going to have to stop every four episodes, or I'll get yeah. them myself confused. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we watched the first four episodes, including the pilot, which the pilot I had not watched in a long time, probably since the first time I watched it. And it looks very different. Like the set, it looks like they had one like room <laughs> that they just kept redressing. As I said, did you notice that? I didn't notice that. No. It's like the the room where Holt's office is what looked like the same room as the records room as like the briefing room. I don't know. They all, there was like a, a big set, a bigger set where they had their desks and then like a second it's like they had two rooms and a couple of exteriors and I think that's all they had for that pilot. It was really interesting to see how how different it looked before they got the green light to make more episodes and they got more oh, money to build those okay. bigger sets. That's what okay. I noticed. I didn't see. I was just co- fun, co- ooh, I was just focusing on the words, mm-hmm. their faces, nothing below the neck, nothing um, below the neck, unless the hips are are thrusting. We've determined that. Unless you you saw my con 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 comment today on on the the the, the Facebook page, right? 
Oh my God. I don't think I did. No, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Can you? Well, good. Good. Because that's a surprise. Oh, it's I a surprise. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have even. So you con- didn't. Con- so what was the tie? That was, was the tie. secret tie blurred out for you? Did you not no, see the secret tie? No, I did. I, okay. I said, I, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get, get to, to my it. feelings on the seats. Secret tie. Yeah, we'll we'll reveal the secrets to the secret tie later. Um, I so uh, also of course the opening was different in the first episode. They didn't have the what I, I was expecting this the elaborate title sequence we're used to with all the characters and the theme yeah. song and they it was had there those and, shots, but all those shots that they use in the opening were there in the pi- pi- pilot. Yes, almost. Um, there was. I think a, 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 I think a couple shots from the second episode that were also okay. like Terry yelling at his desk, I think is actually from the oh, second okay. episode. I noticed that too. I was like, Oh, yeah. as I'm like, watching the shot. episode, yeah. I'm like, there's the, those that that's from the credits. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess, where do you want to start? Do you want to start by talking about the characters? Yeah. Let's, start, let's talk about the characters. Okay. Um, so Andy plays Jake Peralta. Detective Jake Peralta. How would you describe Jake Peralta? Jake Peralta is a, I wouldn't call him a lo- lovable lo- loser. He's not ooh a loser, but yeah. he's like a lovable loser, successful person. Like he's like a, he's, I don't know. He's like a large child. He's a large child. Yes. He's okay. a man child. The eight characters of comedy. The ninth character is the man child. The man child. Uh, but yeah, no, a lovable loser, I think fits in the sense that, um, ooh, do you remember all the eight characters of comedy? Because I would love to try to fit everybody in. Do you remember them? Look them up real quick. But yeah, I think uh, Lovable Loser is a good place to start. Even though he's not a loser, what he is is somebody who doesn't seem to want to follow the rules. Like he's a, the thing is, he's a good detective. He's a lone wolf. Is that, well, that's what he called himself. Kidding, no. He's yeah. absolutely <laughs> not a lone wolf. That's the thing that made me laugh the hardest is that he's like, I'm a lone wolf. And I'm like, excuse me. You're literally surrounded by three of your friends constantly throughout this. Like, 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 you know, he's got such strong friendships in the show. It, it makes me laugh that he would even consider himself to be a lone wolf. But, but yeah, he, um, he is a jokester. He likes to make a lot of jokes. He is, I, I've, he's a little more selfish than I remember him being in the early days. A little more controlling than I remember. So you're looking up all the, the, the eight yeah, characters. Sorry, it's my, ah. like, <laughs> <laughs> so giant. Anything else to yeah. say about Jake? I I'm like trying to separate lot. Jake in the first four episodes from Jake as I know him later in the show. Like, it's really uh, hard for me to do that, but I'm trying okay. to focus just on. Yeah, that's the problem is I've seen yeah. so many episodes that mm-hmm. it's hard to remember. I mean, I watched these four episodes twice. Yeah. Oh, great. But will, will it make a di- difference? I don't know. I okay. mean, we can definitely say that he's a jokester. He's competitive with uh, with in terms of like how, ca- solving cases. That seems really important to him. Um, he is, uh, lovable for sure. Um, a little bit, uh, um, it seems like he doesn't like to follow the rules. That's a big thing in the first couple episodes. Doesn't want to follow the rules. No, does not want to wear a tie. Mm -mm. Not around his neck in any case. Mm -mm. Okay. (laughs) The law, law, law. 
Logical smart one. Logical smart one. Okay. Eight. Oh, these are the Amy. eight characters of comedy. Yeah. Right. Logical smart one. Okay. Yeah. Let's see if we can Amy. fit them. Amy is the logical smart one. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about Amy. Do you want to talk about Amy yeah. now? Okay. Amy Santiago, also mm-hmm. a detective. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a question of, is Jake better? Is Amy be- 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 better? Who's the best de- detective? Um, the What do you Captain- think? Who's the better detective? I'm going to say Amy probably in terms of like her work ethic but jake yes. is probably like a lucky like he just like kind of like someone who like does their their five five final essay the night before it's due and it's like yeah. great yes i think where she like works hard throughout the whole semester yes i think amy is an a plus student and jake is a guy who runs on instincts Yes. Like you can see him throughout the show, the first four episodes when he's getting narrowing in on a case, it's usually like an aha moment. Whereas Amy is like, you know, like I've been, th- I, I already turned in that report hours yeah. ago. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. very, but so there's a lot of teasing there between Amy and yeah. Jake where he gets, tries to push her buttons because yeah. she is, she's the by the book. Mm-hmm. And he's the not by the book. She gets teased for being a nerd mm-hmm. by everyone. Him f- by everyone. Yeah, and she teases him for being uh, what sloppy. I feel like sloppy. sloppy yeah. um, she teases him for being kind of sloppy and lucky, lucky and yeah. an- and annoying her. I think he. Yeah. I think he. She. She uh, makes it clear that he gets on her nerves a lot. And then we've already talked about the la 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 lovable loser, which mm-hmm. on here describes it as sarcastic, mm-hmm. optimistic, needy, and impulsive. Oh my god, that totally fits Jake Peralta mm-hmm. for sure. The neurotic, the neurotic, awkward, controlling, worried. I think that um, is that Terry. Terry, yes. Terry is very neurotic. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk oh about Terry. Terry. I adore Terry so much. <laughs> I love him. Like, I love that he, we Im- immediately learned that he just had two da- da- daughters, or he had them named Cagney and Lacey. Cagney <laughs> and Lacey. And they are twins. And he, like, when they were born, he s- was affected at work. He became very stressed. And he didn't, wa- um, he was afraid. He, d- he had, he was worried about his safety. Yeah. For his babies, which is like yeah. the fucking sweetest thing I've ever seen. Cutest thing. And yeah. then there's an episode where he um, is trying to build them a dollhouse and yeah. like cannot figure out the weird dollhouse parts. Big buff, ter- so Big buff Terry doing soft things or having to manipulate yeah. small objects. I-, I know we shouldn't get too deep into the other episodes, but Big Terry having to do small things is like my favorite Brooklyn Nine-Nine trope. Because they don't stop at the dollhouse. This is something that happens a lot, but the dollhouse is a good example. Terry can't put the dollhouse together because it has too many small pieces. Yes. And he's so big. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm, it's, I just love him. God damn, he's ripped. Like, so ripped. It's insane. Crazy. Yeah, but he's like the big guy who you'd think will be scary and tough, but he's super sweet. Very like sweet. so sweet, yeah. like so sweet. Also, I and, love that he like draw like that episode where they're drawing oh, the yeah. perp, and yes. he because the and he uh, draws this gorgeous like charcoal yeah. <laughs> uh, rendering of anyway. 
Yeah, Terry no, and that's something else. He's sensitive. Like mm-hmm. he does all these things that indicate that he's sensitive, despite being ripped and yes. a, ma- a macho man. He's he's not a ma- ma- a ma- he's macho man. He looks like type. a macho man. Yeah, he's against type. He's, yes. Yeah, I love it. The next one is the dumb one, friendly, mm-hmm. naive, gullible, no ulterior motive. I'd say that is Boyle. Yeah, Charles. Charles. Boyle? Charles yeah, Charles uh, Boyles. Yeah, or Broyles. Mm-hmm. Boil? I think broil. Boil. Boils. Broils. I don't. I don't know. Oh fuck! I feel like it's broils. Uh, somebody was uh sending out memes on Twitter the other day of like boiling things, but with Charles mm-hmm. Broils's face on it. So um, mm-hmm. let me just let's verify this because it's gonna drive me fucking crazy. Um, boil. Charles Boyle, you were right. I was wrong. Charles Boyle, yeah. Charles Boyle is, but he he's not dumb, but he's so trusting and open. What else does yeah. it say about the the dumb one? Uh, gullible, naive, f- friendly, no ulterior mo. mo- yeah, motive. That's Boyle for sure. That's Boyle. And then I think you know which one this is: the bitch slash bat bat bastard, mean, insensitive, insecure. Duh, doesn't apologize i think rosa rosa yeah for sure rosa diaz gina is gina that type as well i have i have some thoughts about that but i think we should keep going through the types but 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 let's uh so charles uh i want to circle back to charles for a second so charles is he's also like a lot of the physical comedy like he'll like Mm -hmm. Like the whole thing with him stepping on the muffin and hitting his head on the cabinet. And that's all very funny. But it's like, I love that very, because I remember very clear, like Charles, they really lean into Charles being like this foodie where like Mm -hmm. he's like obsessed with fine foods. And I love that in the second episode, they're already like, Charles knows about this $600 ham and talks Mm -hmm. about it. (laughs) And I like how Charles is like, seems like a doofus, but he's got these really refined tastes, like this expensive ham and stuff. Um, and they're also setting up this, I had forgotten about this completely, this like romance that they're setting up between him and Rosa. Yes. I had, I don't, how do you feel about that? Um, will there be a romance? I don't like it. It's weird to me. Have you seen this before? Yes, but I don't remember how far it goes. Okay. I don't remember how far they take it. It seems yeah. like they were setting up a like Charles. Like I, I get what they were doing. They wanted to take the most uh, soft character and put it with the character with the hardest edges and see what would happen. And it doesn't fit to me. I don't like it. No and maybe it's because I know where they go as characters later. Like again, I don't want to get too much into later in the seasons, but like Rosa fits much better with a completely insane character like Jason Manzukis. And I don't remember his name the character name right now but the guy the fbi guy like they really work but like her and charles it feels like it feels a bit like she's like her brother's trying to ask her out that's what it feels like to me it's like they seem like siblings yeah and i don't like it yeah it's not it's not a. it's not right but yeah rosa uh rosa is definitely the mean one uh in quotes um i love rosa i i also think you could play the same game with characters from parks and rec Mm-hmm. Like you could actually take parks and rec characters and try to figure out. And I think that's why at first when I saw Brooklyn nine, nine years ago, I was like, Oh, this feels like parks and rec, but at a police office uh, or pl- a police station. And, and so like, I think you can put like 
you know, uh, you can do this with the Leslie. office. You can do this with friends. You can do this with right. But uh, I feel I like Parks and Rec really matches it. Like, like, uh, like, uh, you know, um, Rosa Diaz is so much like uh, Audrey Plaza's mm-hmm. character, and mm-hmm. uh, Amy Santiago is like a kind of a harder edged version let, let, of let Leslie Nope. Leslie Nope, and and um. Uh, you know, we haven't gotten to Raymond Holt yet, but I, he's very much like the Nick Offerman character mm-hmm. in that sort of stern. Anyway, so you can definitely, but it's same creators, right? Same creators behind Parks and Rec that created Brooklyn Nine Nine. So I guess that makes sense. But they, that is but Andy, like Andy? No, I don't know how to place Andy. Andy, Jake Peralta is like, um, Jake Peralta has the optimism of Leslie Nope. Mm hmm. But I'm trying to figure out how you would. He's not like Andy Dwyer at all. If anything, like Broyles is more like Andy Dwyer, um, I think. Then, uh, which is why maybe they thought is he, he like and Rosa would work. Anne, huh? What is her name? Is Anne her name? Anne, no, Anne. I don't think he's like Anne. Um, so they don't. I guess they don't exactly fit. I'd have to think yeah. about this about who Jake would fit into. He doesn't fit into Ben from Parks and Rec either. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, okay, so let's keep going. So who's next on that list? The womanizer slash manizer. Mm. So aka slutty spice. That's what this, this slutty spice. I don't says. like that at all. I don't all. like that. I don't, don't like, like that. that. I don't think I don't know who would fit in that category. Charming, seductive, hor- horny, superficial. Ooh, ooh, that's a lot like that's a lot like um Gina. Yes. Yeah, because Gina's very charming and superficial. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't call her a manizer, although she does have very like clear opinions about sex. She does. For sure. But womanizer, manizer doesn't really fit. But yeah, she is yeah. superficial and uh but I think she's I Gina's somebody that I would mix there's another type that I remember, and I think she's a mix of this type and another type, which we'll get to in a second. The materialistic one, mm. judgmental and tight, titled, spoiled. Ooh, maybe that's Gina too. Gina's yeah. kind of like that. Who else? But I can't think of anybody like else. Uh, not anybody. I can't think of anybody else who's like that. And then in their own universe, odd, eccentric, uses illogical logic. Well, that is definitely Hitchcock and Scully. Okay. Hitchcock and Scully are the in their own universe characters. Um, I think Gina is like a mix of Gina, I guess maybe is a mix of the materialistic and in your own universe character. Like I think I'd say she has both of those qualities. Okay. What does it say about in your own universe character? Odd excess eccentric uses illogical logic. Yeah, that's quintessential in their own universe is Phoebe from Friends. Yes, for sure. Uh, I would say Gina is a mix of that and the and I'm going to say instead of the womanizer, manizer, I'm going to say Gina is a mix of in your own universe and materialistic. By the way, audience, I don't think we properly set this up, but the eight characters of comedy is a is basically a theory that you can take any sitcom or ensemble-based comedy piece and and break them down into these eight characters. But where does that leave us with Holt? Raymond Holt. Exactly. 
I don't think he fits into one of those categories. Mm-mm. So Raymond Holt, he could be the the law law logical smart one. He is definitely the logical smart one. Like Amy, he's very by the book. I think that Amy could also be the neurotic. Amy can, yeah. Amy does fall into the category of the neurotic as well, which I think Monica uh, Geller from Friends, just the smart one. Yes, yeah, got it. Okay, yeah. yeah, we did it. We did it. We put them all in their categories. We box them in. There's no womanizer, manizer character. I feel like in this group, but I feel like we'll get probably a side character like that later. Yeah. Hmm. I don't want to get into it because I don't want to think ahead, but I, I've already got a pe- couple people in mind that I think fit that description. Okay. Um, okay. Well, we've gone through the characters. Um, uh, I, Raymond. So Raymond Holt, we didn't talk about him too much, but we really should. Raymond Holt, Andre Brower, top notch fucking performance in every episode of the show. He is lending some serious gravitas to this fucking show. He is brilliant. Yeah brilliant um he he plays uh captain holt who's uh now in a great setup for a sitcom pilot is joining the their precinct as their new captain and now everybody's got now their their world is kind of shaken up because now they got adjust to this new captain and amy's trying to impress the new captain and uh jake is pushing his buttons because jake their old captain who I don't remember that actor's name, but he's the guy that plays like the super on Friends. Um, and uh, he apparently their old captain was like a no rules kind of guy, very yeah. detached from his job. <laughs> uh, and the new captain is is coming in wanting to really do his best and I think maybe prove himself a little bit as well. Like, I don't think Raymond Holt needs to prove himself so much as he's he's worried that there are people out waiting for him to fail. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, Raymond Holt has a very specific concern about um, his very specific concern about how he feels like he is viewed in by the police force. Um, so we've also got this sense that the, the nine, nine is like, not doesn't always fit in with everyone with everyone else in the with all the other precincts like there there's a lot of wild cards there like they're not always going along with what the higher-ups want and also you know Raymond Holt is an an openly gay man and he this is something that I think the show deals with kind of clumsily I don't know how you felt about that in the first couple episodes um where there he's you know like they are wanting what they want is to have a I think an openly gay character who's proud of being who he is but the way that they the way that he announces it seems very awkward like and the way that other characters announce it to each other is very awkward so I think there was some weirdness in how that it was presented but I but I'm I'm pleased to have that be part of what year did this come out was this like 2014 or something good question it was a it the show's been on for uh it started in 2013 2013 okay yeah so that was before the gay marriage was that before the, the gay marriage uh good question um i because t- i feel like in my l- l- lifetime being gay I feel terrible that i don't being, know when that fucking date was um 
being gay in my lifetime went from being something that you were like not like you shouldn't you weren't allowed to be like it was like no one even talked about it to like now it's like gay marriage is legal and people can openly um be gay and there's lots and lots of shows with Mm -hmm. um lgbtq characters and i mean not as many as there there should be but like and and, and at one time there just were not that many Mm-mm. I remember when Will and Grace was on. It was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that's that's the gay show, the gay show, or even you know? the when Modern Family came out and they were like, oh, that's the gay couple with the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a big mm-hmm. deal. Um, but yeah, it, uh, gay marriage was uh, the Supreme Court decision that that legalized, uh, essentially legalized uh, gay marriage in all fifty states was uh, June twenty sixth, twenty fifteen. So we're about two years okay. out from that okay. happening. Yeah. Not that that should make that no but i think it's relevant to mention where we were in time um and i do think that i am not gonna i'm not gonna beat up on the show too much for the clunkiness i just wanted to draw attention to it um i think um i'm glad that that is part of the i'm glad that that was something that they wanted to talk about openly on a a primetime tv tv show like this uh but of course it, it there were parts of it that seemed a little strange the way that it was presented yeah and the way that um jake like came to the conclusion like they like did flashbacks of like the signs that he was gay well, and then he was like i am not a good detective like well there were it was all part of them pointing out that jake thinks he's really really smart but he isn't always that perceptive um my favorite joke in that flashback sequence was when there was like a literally an article on the wall that said openly gay cap like you yeah. know officer becomes captain or whatever and it was like that's like the thing that I think that's where they got away from um the w- show walks the line I think with not being too like let's make jo- I like I do think the show goes beyond just the jokes of like this is what a what a gay man is like and let's make jokes about that I do think they uh, sometimes flirt with that, uh, like with the manscaping joke. Yeah. Um, but, but Holt isn't like that. Like Holt isn't, uh, Holt isn't your stereo, isn't a stereotype, isn't a gay stereotype. At least I don't, I don't, I'm not, I, you know, like as a, 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 a straight white woman, uh, I, I'm not an authority on this, but at least in my perception, he doesn't seem like a, a stereotype of a gay man. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel yeah. about that, but yeah, I, I I would say that um, I feel that way um, that he isn't what we would classify as being the main stereotype, which is um, right. Yeah, flamboyant, all those things that yeah. what you would see in a character like in maybe Evan in the nineteen eighties. Yes, um, yeah, um, which there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, uh, no, there, which I'm in in life. I mean, but yeah, for a while, yeah. I think that the the gay characters were kind of pigeonholed into certain types, uh, and I don't. I think he goes beyond that, which is I think a, yeah. a good good piece of writing there. Um, and of course, later on in the show, we haven't gotten there yet, but eventually we will get to meet his husband and and see their this loving relationship that they have and and Cheddar. I can't wait until we get to Cheddar. I love Cheddar. <laughs> Cheddar is, is that a pet? That's his dog. His his corgi. Oh. We I can't. I'm sorry. I know we're not supposed to talk ahead, but I just love Cheddar so much. Um. Okay. So where do what should we talk about next? Um. Gosh. Um, we're talking I want to. So yeah. I feel like we need to talk about Amy and Jake's bet. 
bet. Sorry, I thought you said bed, and I was like, wait. Not yet. We're not there yet. Wait. <laughs> uh, the bet. Yes. So, um, what do you, so the bet is that, so they're trying to see who can get more arrests this year, which, mm-hmm. you know, uh, at times uh, it is a little tough to watch a show about cops in a time period yeah. where there's so much police brutality. Um, yeah, but I really don't like the idea of, I mean, I know it is true, but cops have to have a quote, quote, Hoda. like they have yeah to, that's upsetting like, a certain amount of people and it's like i think well, what, what the show i think this show one? walks a line where it's like most of the cases are about something like like a very complicated murder like a guy with a mm-hmm. ham who gets murdered by mm-hmm. somebody who works at a deli like i think mm-hmm. the show is as works really hard at trying to keep their police officers away from something that pertains to our normal life, I guess, which is something I feel like they kind of have to do to avoid the, for comedy. Otherwise it's like, how how are you going to be funny about that? Now, later on, they are going to deal with profiling. I remember very clearly an episode that was about that. And so that is something they will talk about eventually, but for now it's just good guys, bad guys. And they're just, that's the way that's, you know, yeah. that's kind of what they're going with. Very black and white. Um, I think the most sort of tame, regular, everyday crime would be that kid that's drawing penises on all the cop yeah. cars. But yeah. then they're dealing with privilege and yeah. how privilege is often uh, embedded in the police department and people are treated differently because of who they are. And I don't think that they, I think you can say that they were definitely pointing that out that certain Mm -hmm. people get treated differently by the police. Uh, And in this case, this is a, you know, all of the people, the people in the nine, nine, as we'll call them represent kind of our, what the best version of a cop could be, I think where they're making morally based decisions that would probably align with our values. The violence is very safe and comical. (laughs) They, at least in the first four episodes, I didn't even really see them using their guns very much other than to point them around like they're like uh, as they're going around corners. Um, uh, So, yeah, it's hard at times, I think, to watch this stuff right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's important that we acknowledge that. Um, But then it's also like they'll take something that shouldn't be funny. Like what was it? The Disco Strangler. Remember the disco strength? And was he's that like played by the guy in um uh, uh what is that show? That show oh, I don't know. The, oh my god. Um I don't know. I don't It has a long name made oh. by Dave McElaney. Are you uh, it's always it's always it's always sun, sun. oh maybe that one of the, one of the char- he looks just know. like one of the, the 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 main characters in that show i'm not sure tweeted us at adam Andy pod anybody know who the disco stranglers uh please we, it please was so help funny us. but but that is something that's not funny like women getting picked up in the 70s and 80s and murdered on the regular isn't so shouldn't be funny but he's like strangling her with like a retractable a yo yeah like a yo-yo or something so they're like I think it's hard to do something that's like police and murder and shit like that 
is like, that's hard to make funny. And they have found a way to make it absurd and light, I think. Uh, at least that's what they try to do. And sometimes it doesn't always, like when you see Jake Peralta and Charles like in the deli going after yeah. the deli guy and yeah. they're out in a, with a guns in a deli, there was a part of me that went, oh, like just because yeah. like people with guns in a public place and is yeah. something that's very dare I say, triggering um, mm-hmm. right now for us in a way that maybe it wasn't uh, for mm-hmm. m- most people, not everyone, certainly. It was triggering for many people, even if it wasn't triggering for me um, in 2013, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway. The bet! So they got a bet going. Mm-hmm. Who can arrest more people? And what does Amy get if Jake, if she wins, Sarah? What does Amy get? Do you remember? Oh man, I forget. I'm sorry. Do you? Do Doesn't you she get remember? Jake's car? I I honestly don't remember. It didn't. I'm pretty sure she gets Jake's car. It didn't seem important to me, so I didn't store it. Um, it was. It happened below the neck. Uh huh. Yeah. So you didn't see it. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, I I believe Amy gets J- Jake's car. Like he has some kind of fancy car that we haven't seen yet. And I don't remember this at all. So that was hard for me to remember. What to does retain. he get if he wins? You don't remember? What does he get? It's important. I thought for sure. Her? Yes. A date with her? Okay. A date with her. And yeah. Rosa implied possibly some above yes. the above the above the waist action or some shit Which like that. I didn't like because I figured it was saying I didn't like either. having get going on a date with someone, like, okay, this is something that like he wins and then like sex and is involved like that just feels it's really like iffy i don't think that plot line would have flown quite so much in post me too post me too yeah. they didn't make it ex- incredibly creepy like there it wasn't he wasn't he's not like super le- he's like ah, you know like it's not he's he super didn't say anything he it was didn't gina was it gina that. i thought it was, it was rosa gina. you're right okay so they gave it to a woman to say to make it less creepy is what yeah. you're saying yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that that would have flown um, now, but I think what they were trying to get us to, to see is that Jake likes Amy. Jake mm-hmm. has a crush on Amy and that's how they're presenting it to us, which mm-hmm. is kind of gross, frankly. Um, yeah. But uh, and even so much so that when Amy goes on a date in one of those cold opens, do you what did you think about that scene where He's Jake on a is date with her across the, the restaurant and. He's on a date with somebody else. Somebody else. Yeah. And he sees her date and calls her and Mm -hmm. is talking about how they just caught someone or they're, they're looking for someone. A murder suspect. A murder suspect. And he describes her date like perfectly down to the scar. How he eats lettuce. (laughs) The way he said has trouble shuffling lettuce into his mouth. Yes. That was my favorite part. Where are you? And he's like, and he's like, you comes know, over. yeah, he comes over and his date leaves and he's like, it was worth it. <laughs> like, oh, man, I would hate to be that date. Well, that guy didn't seem to know what was going on. But the woman was like, this is fucking absurd and I'm leaving. Yeah. Uh, so Amy and Jake, it's a I would call if we were going to trope this, I would call this enemies sam and diane i don't know sam and diane enemies to lovers yes because they're not enemies in the sense that they're on two different sides but they they're they don't get along yeah but Um, only because he 
tries to anno- anno- annoy her. Yeah, it's one of those like, and again, I'm not, I don't love this trope, but the pulling the girl's pigtails, like trying yes. to get a rise out of her to get a reaction. Yes. Um, that seems to be his his mo. Yeah. Although we haven't seen him like pining after her necessarily, like he's not like not yet super duper. I may I don't remember. I don't remember. I think he does. Okay. I don't remember that, but um, yeah. Uh, so that's the that's the bet, and that's kind of an ongoing thing. Um, I think he pulls at everyone's pigtails though, like with even like Ray, like Raymond he Holt, totally like. Like that time when he was in a speedo, like he finally wore a tie, mm-hmm. but then wore a speedo and got up and showed Ray, and then like Ray like called everyone else in as if he knew that Jake would be embarrassed, mm-hmm. like, and he was embarrassed. So I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, what is that saying about that he was like covertly showing his boss his speedo, but didn't want anyone else to see? Like, what what is uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I think that with with Holt, it's more like he is trying to show Holt that he doesn't need a daddy. But we know, and I think the show develops this very well, that he actually does need and want a daddy. And so I want to, I guess I want to circle back to, and this is not a Lonely Island show, but it just seems like a lot of characters that Andy Samberg plays have daddy issues. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the type that he's cast in that they like, but I know it's something they purposely put into Lonely Island films, but, but maybe it's also become his type that he's like a, a lovable loser that needs, that needs a dad to come in and, and like he needs, he, he is at, he, like, I mean, we don't want to get, I don't want to get into it too deeply, but like, like he needs someone to step in and fulfill the father role. And Mm -hmm. he did his old boss, his old captain was a bad dad Mm -hmm. who didn't care. Mm-hmm. And now Holt is here trying to put rules on him and push him to be better and like won't give him easy answers. Like there's that episode where he goes then through the slump mm-hmm. and he's not solving any cases and he seem other people think he's cursed, you know, and they don't wanna they don't want to work with him. And, and- Ray is like knows what to do and tells him, you know, the right thing to do and like he just needs to go to the what is it? Records or well, no, he puts him in the records department in the first episode as punishment for okay. for not obeying the rules. Uh, but then he makes him stay at his desk uh, and um, tells him he can't work on any active cases and gives him the rabbit foot. And uh, but he it's like Holt knows that Jake won't do what he's told to do. So Holt has to manipulate him into making the right choice. And that's yeah. kind of what he does. He's like like any parent. He puts he gives you uh like squirrely answers, like sort of riddle like answers until you figure it out on your own. That's kind of what Holt mm-hmm. does. Uh and and to help Jake be better. And um they discuss, you know, what Holt did, like Dumbledore did to Harry at the end of every book. Oh <laughs> my book. god, Sarah. Oh my god, Jake Peralta is Harry Potter. He is so, for some reason the protagonist, even though he's not the smartest person or most capable. Yeah. Amy yeah. Santiago is Hermione, mm-hmm. and I feel like that makes Boyle Ron. Ron, I feel like it is right. Yeah. Don't you think so? Yeah. Rosa is a Slytherin for sure. 
Uh-huh. So's Gina. Oh, yeah. They're both in the Slytherins. Terry is a Hufflepuff. Terry is such a Hufflepuff, but so is Charles. Yes. Charles is like a textbook Hufflepuff. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about the cutaways. Okay. Now, this is a very common technique in shows like this which is like this show we haven't really talked about the shooting too much but it is that sort of documentary style shooting where everything's really like handheld camera and lots of zooms and stuff and it started in the office but the conceit of the office was that they were actually being filmed and that they would Mm -hmm. be interviewed and stuff but now we don't have those one-on-one talking head interviews but we did keep the style so Mm -hmm. it's like with parks and rec you had the same style that kind of documentary style um and guess all, who was involved in all three of the these shows? Uh, that would be uh, I ha- I'd written it down. Michael Schur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael also Schur. did the good 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 place. Yes, yeah, he's a great th- great um cre- creator and producer. He really is. Um, you know who else was involved with this? Well, at least with the pilot was Lord and Miller, that team who uh, was behind the Lego movie mm. um, and uh, as well as Lego movie two. And also they originally were directing solo, but then they got their, I guess their take on it was maybe too comedic. So they put Ron, brought Ron Howard in and that's all kind of con- con- controversial. And then they also did the uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse mm. um, as well. But I thought it was interesting that Lord and Miller were on that first episode. I can see it. I can really see how they kind of shaped that the humor of that um oh but the cutaways so this is a real common technique where a character says a thing and it's also something we do in improv i I guess i didn't really consider this but this is actually something you do in improv a lot which is a character will say something like i'm never i I can't go back to that chinese restaurant you wouldn't believe what happened to me last time i was there and then boom cut away cut to two weeks ago at the chinese restaurant and some crazy shit happens right yeah um I don't know about you. I wrote down some of my favorite cutaways. Um, okay. I don't know if you have any that you'd like to jump in here with. Um, just go ahead and, and 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 do yours. Okay. So some of my favorite uh, cutaways um, was in the okay. So number one in the episode where uh, Gina has the psychic friend. Mm-hmm. And she says that oh, her psychic yes. friend told her that she would <laughs> have a sensuous encounter with a guy named Mark. And then they cut to her at the bar, like just hammered. And she's like, who's Mark? <laughs> Whose name is Mark? And they're all and, raising like, their hands. Five guys like raise their hands. And she's, she's like, like, you'll do. Yeah. You look good. I don't know. <laughs> no, that was perfect. Um, uh, my other, the other one I like is um, uh, when Jake, I don't remember how this happens, but Jake is talking about Scully and how disgusting he is. And they oh, cut to yeah. Scully with his foot <laughs> up on the desk. And, he's and like, it's like yellow. And he's, and he's like, like, it's all war. I'm sorry. I, t- I, t- no, I took away your. <laughs> no, this is great. I love that you're recapping it for me. Uh, he's like, yes. And then Jake like starts coughing up a salad. Yeah. So the all war, the all war cutaway was a good one. Yeah. Um, I love the whole episode where they're trying to figure out what Raymond Holt is thinking and how you can't read him. Oh yeah. But my favorite is when (laughs) Terry thinks that he's in a bad mood and he's like, he's like, Oh wow. How was your weekend, sir? And he's like, my husband and I went to Barbados. We wore, we wove, we wove 
<laughs> we woke bats out of straw. And he's like, he's like, it was the greatest day of my life. But he like he does his face so he's like, it's the greatest day of my life. I like, just, just like straight. It's something about him talking about him and his husband weaving hats together that made yeah. me really laugh. I okay. also love one that like flips it mm-hmm. where. It might not even be a cutaway, but it's a, a point where I think it's Jake or someone is like, no, it's Rosa. She's like, you look like you're in a good mood. Well, I, how are you? What's up? And he's like something about he lost lots of be- be- beloved possessions oh, in a house fire. <laughs> he's like, I am devastated. <laughs> but like, like, I lost many photo albums. <laughs> <laughs> devastated. Yes. Um, okay. And then my last favorite is when they're talking about how sometimes they need Terry to pretend to stand in the lineup and they cut and they cut and he's like, Oh, I love being scary, Terry. And they cut to Terry in the lineup and he's like, I'm, how long is this going to take? I'm going to miss the farmer's market because it's like the yeah. least threatening thing that a man yeah. could say. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to tip my hat to the cutaways and I may make this a habit to write down yeah. some of my favorite cutaways Cutaways, because nice. I just I laugh like I laughed really hard at some of those yeah yeah me too um okay w- anything else uh, anything else on your list I've I've got a couple more things that I could talk about but I definitely want to see if you got anything else um so I think we we didn't talk about this specifically but there was um an episode where Jake apprehends the kid who does draws mm-hmm. the dicks on the police cars and mm-hmm. and is trying to process him or trying to uh, what is it called like take him in like like yeah he's got to fill like, out the paperwork and like yeah he- and the kid is the son of the deputy commissioner mm-hmm. who I don't know how a deputy commissioner is like where like obviously he's high ranking but like what yeah. Is- what is that job? I don't know. I have no idea, um, but he says he's going to make their lives difficult. So I don't know. I feel like they were maybe setting him up as some kind of villain. I can't remember if that guy comes back later, but it felt like yeah. they were setting that up. Yeah. And the the deputy commissioner says about his son, sometimes boys just need to be boys. Yeah, I wrote, and I I wrote I was that like, down too. Barf. But I actually, again, this show does it clumsily at times, but it does try to address stuff like that where it's like yeah "Yeah, this is a comedy so we're not going to make a show about what boys will be boys usually means Mm -hmm. this isn't promising young woman Mm -hmm. but that's but drawing dicks on a police car that is their way in to talk about how how these type of boys white rich privileged with connections they get off the hook all the time because of who their parent daddy is or whatever. And like they, that, that was something that they wanted to address in, in a comedy way. And I'm glad that they aren't afraid to tackle that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to point out that I, I think this show has a, and, and not, not just a diverse cast, but a cast that's diverse, that they have storylines that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you see lots, of course there's lots, a lot of women, uh, there are lots of, and it's not just that there's a lot of women on the show, but there's a lot of women in scenes together where they mm-hmm. actually have a storyline that matters together. A mm-hmm. uh, lot, a lot of actors of color, um, LGBTQ characters, like um, so, uh, they could have just made this, you know, a big white man show, but they didn't. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I actually really love how how 
like diversity works on the show, but inclusion also is working because you have diversity with inclusion characters who have actual stories and aren't just there to make the appearance of diversity. Yeah. Yeah. They're the the main character characters. They're the characters in charge. They're, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's a scene between Raymond Holt and Terry where Mm -hmm. Holt is basically telling Terry, like, I need your help, like making this, this precinct the best that it can be. And like, tell Mm -hmm. me like who everyone is. And, and they're the the ones in charge. They're Mm -hmm. both black men. Yep. Yeah, Um, it's great. And I don't know. I I just, I loved that scene. Yeah, Um, me too. Yeah. And I just love Terry, like how Terry described everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I want to talk about this episode with the medical examiner. Yes. Oh my God. The coroner. So it is, I actually think the coroner who likes to have sex with corpse like people is like, I thought that was actually very funny, Mm -hmm. but then there were also a lot of like fat phobic jokes that didn't Mm -hmm. need to be there. And Mm -hmm. I the actual dead body that they found. And I feel like it's one thing for Jake to make those jokes and then to be like, uh, reprimanded or, 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 have that reversed in some way by the either the actions of the st- I mean yes the 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 thing they didn't say was that Jake's fat phobia almost led to the crime being mishandled because yeah. he was like oh the guy died natural causes because he's fat right yeah but really his wife poisoned him and it's Jake's yeah. fat phobia that led him to make that conclusion but yeah. I would have liked to have seen and I hope this if the show were made today that episode, I hope other characters maybe would have weighed in and been like, that's fucking, that's actually not funny. Or, yeah. I mean, they wouldn't say that because it's a comedy show and they would have found some other way for them. That I needed a character to cut Jake down a little bit, yeah. to knock him down for that. Yeah. That would have been nice because it was very cruel, unnecessarily yeah. cruel for Jake. Like, Jake's jokes usually don't punch down that way, I feel yeah. like. I don't know what you thought yeah. about that. Yeah, I didn't care for the fat jokes. Um, no, I never like a fat joke. No. And there were a lot of them. Um, mm-hmm. And you could see the other characters getting irritated, but I felt like it was more like they were irritated that he wasn't able to focus on the case and yeah. not so much about the fat jokes. Um, right. Yeah. So I didn't care for that. Yeah. No. But, fat jokes um, are bullshit and they're not funny. They're not. Yeah. Um, so the character of the, the medical examiner who, um, and so I loved the scene where it was basically Jake asking Gina and Rosa, was he also asking a- a- Amy? I forget who all was there, but he's asking women, like, was it sexy or creepy or gross? Or That's actually, that soundbite is one that we use in our, our show every week. What? What did what did he say exactly? He says, uh, usually, I, and this the exact soundbite is the one that I, I stick right between moments of thirst and um, the trivia. Okay. There's, so there's that soundbite is in every episode of our show. He says, uh, usually I'm up for anything in the bedroom, but I can't tell with, if what happened was weird or sexy. Weird or sexy. Okay. Yeah. I, could, I couldn't remember what the, the word was. Um, and they've determined that it is weird. It is weird. I love the and way they, they that they slowly to... introduced it. 
Yeah, you go ahead. Yeah. You go ahead. No, yeah, they cut back to the night before where he's having sex or about to have sex or doing They're like, like a role play. play yeah. Thing. Foreplay, role play. She's got the um, ice cubes and she's making his, his lips. lips cold. Oh she likes my the, God. I like them cold. Oh and he's like, God. like a, like a corpse. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I think Rose is like, I mean, they fine. both seemed like, grossed out. Yeah. <laughs> also, when she was like asking him to describe his like murder wounds and then he like and he's going through and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, and then I've been in the lake for like two days and she's like, ew, gross, bloating. <laughs> like, yeah, and he's, he's like, yeah. And he's like 24 hours and she's like, perfect. That actress <laughs> is really good. Her. I've seen her in other she's parts. In, uh, she's in uh, there's it's, it's always sus. sus. Oh, honey, she's the the waitress on that show. She's also been in a, some episodes of New Girl. She was Nick's okay. uh, ex girlfriend. She's so great. I, yeah, she's really wonderful. She was very funny. Jake and her, like, so that whole episode is about how Jake is not able to relinquish control to someone else when Charles mm-hmm. isn't Charles in charge. I don't want to get. Yeah. In. I'm not gonna yeah. make that joke. I'm not. I'm not gonna make the Charles in charge joke. I'm not gonna do it. Um, anyway, I did it. I did. Yeah, you're right. It's too late. Um, anyway, uh, so he keeps letting Charles down because he's too busy, like wanting, like having sex with this medical examiner. They like do it in the medical examiner office. Ew. Were they doing it in the, like, what are those things called? The, the slidey morgue slidey thing things. Tweeted us know. at Adam Andy Pod. What is the name of that thing? It's like a morgue drawer or some shit. Morgue I don't drawer. know anything. Yeah, yeah, it's a morgue drawer. Morgue drawer. <laughs> um, but she, I guess she was getting him nice and chilly because she likes him cold. She wants Ugh, a, cold like a cold penis. Yes. Oh my god. Ugh. I know it's bad. No. Um, also, like doesn't doesn't that usually have the opposite effect on a man? Like you get them really cold and they're everything shrinks am i right i just that's how i thought male anatomies worked that's how it works um and what about that autopsy scene where she's like playing with his intestines (laughs) i thought that was funny like i I know it's it's gross but i also like i thought it was funny how he reacted he was so grossed out and she was like do you wanna and he's like no I'm done. And then he's like, that's what does it for him. He's like, I, now that yeah. I've seen the inside of a human being like this, I can't. Yeah. Although certainly, Jake, that's not his first dead body, I wouldn't think, right? I mean, they, we literally right? see him see a dead body earlier. But I guess it's different than looking at a dead body and then like having to hold their chest cavity open. Yeah. Yeah. What did he say? It was like opening a really gross, fleshy elevator. Holding up at a gross, fleshy elevator. <laughs> Ah, yeah that was a good one i hope she comes back i don't remember if that character makes another appearance but i would love to see the horny medical examiner come back that was uh that was a character that i would like to reoccur yeah yes okay um anything else to say about the first because i think that kind of gets us through the first three episodes we didn't talk too much about the at-risk kids Um, oh yeah the the june jake wasn't really in that scene pro pro yeah program yeah uh um oh right we're just focusing on jake i mean we're not we can talk about other characters but i feel like that's probably why we didn't talk about it because jake wasn't in there but it was a good opportunity while we're talking about it to see several like to see a female characters with their own story their own b story Mm -hmm. and not just like a character like the women interacting with other male characters so they actually have Mm -hmm. their own story where rosa and 
Rosa and Amy have to do this at risk kids thing and they and Gina wants to be involved, but they won't let her be involved because she's not a cop or whatever. And I think they're like setting it up where like Gina is off, like sometimes gets pushed to the outside because she's a civilian assistant or whatever, as opposed, or I think she's a civilian assistant, but then she gets promoted to uh, Holt's personal assistant. And that's kind of where she spends most of the show. Um, But yeah, so we didn't talk too much about that, but I guess we just did. Or something. (laughs) Um, any final thoughts on the first four episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I liked it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed wanted, it. I want more. I, I know. It was so hard to stop. It was hard. Uh, yeah. So I guess every two weeks I'll be watching another episode, four episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, at least for a little while. Eventually we'll get back to the wheel or whatever and we'll 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 pull up some some other i mean we'll do the wheel when we have to spin for adam movies because we've got uh, some quite a few to get through still but um but but i think we'll be doing brooklyn 99 for a little while which i'm happy about i'm ready i'm ready and willing maybe we'll see how far we get into season one and then maybe we'll in between season one and season two we'll just do a different thing um but yeah i love brooklyn 99 i love jake peralta he's fucking adorable he's a little like meaner than i remember in the first couple episodes uh but i think they i think they it take i feel like it takes a show a sitcom a little bit a while to kind of figure out and amy is like very type a like way Mm -hmm. more type a she loosens up a little bit over time she does everybody's very like the most extreme version of their character in the first couple episodes and then they kind of settle in i think as time goes on so we'll see them doing that a little bit more and more um but yeah, so would you recommend Brooklyn Nine-Nine to a fan of Andy's work? I, why am I even asking this question? For sure. Is this even a that's, fucking that's question? the first thing I would re- 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 recommend to them. I would too. Um, I I love Andy's work on the show. I Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think was, again, was my gateway drug to Andy Samberg. Um, and so I well, I remember adore how sad I was when he left SNL. I was like, he's. I need to see more of him. Like, I need more Andy. Andy, and that's when he went on the show. And you didn't so, know actually, he you did didn't cuckoo know. first. He did. He did cuckoo. But I had and no then idea. Brooklyn Nine Nine, and then the reason he didn't come back for season two of Cuckoo was because he had already been. He was yeah. already on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moments of thirst. Yes. Okay, Sarah. I would love for you. Do you want to go first? Mm-hmm. Go first. I have. I have some for every episode. I didn't write anything down for episode Ooh. three. I don't know why I missed three. There you was weren't thirsty that like, episode for I some reason. I wasn't thirsty on three. Mm. I don't know why. It's weird. Maybe, maybe I just forgot to write stuff down for that episode. I maybe. don't know. Episode one, Secret Tie. Secret Tie, definitely. Lifting the shirt. The, the tummy. High wrap around the his The tummy, taste. yes. Mm-hmm. For sure. He's got a cute tummy. <laughs> episode two, whispering to Algernon the mouse. Oh my God, Sarah. Of course. You love that kind of stuff. Also, episode two, Harvey Nor- Norgenbloom, CPA, divorced father of two and harbor of a dark sexual secret. I was Remember? hot. I was hot for Harvey. I really mm-hmm. was. I liked that members only jacket. And I liked that they kind of flattened his hair down weirdly. It reminded me of his costume from uh, Hot Rod when he was supposed to be a grown up. <laughs> Am I attracted to dads? Uh-huh. I guess that makes sense. Anyway, continue. 
I'll, I'll episode, not examine that too much. Also an episode, I knew you'd be attracted to Harvey. I knew it. Like I, I was, was like, like That's ooh, dad. let's Nicole do a little bit dads. more of this. I like a mm-hmm. dad. I like a dad with a members only jacket Let, and sandals. Let's go for it. Mm-hmm. The sandals. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> also an episode two, the, his wolf howl. Yes. His, oh, oh, oh. yes. I, I can't do it, yes. but it was really, it was really hot. Mm-hmm. Um, also episode two, when he gets out of the tent. So there's a tent in the and office. And he looked all sleepy. And he gets out of the tent. Yes. yes. I like him and, sleepy. <laughs> I like them sleepy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't write anything for episode three. Like I said, episode four, the part where he's having sexy time with the medical examiner, mm-hmm. but he's like on the floor, like and he was laid like, out, like laid out and like his arms are all and crunched arms, up. And then like the, the close up of his like, nipples not were up, but, so hard. Did you notice? And like, no, Sarah, are you still nipple blind? I'm nipple blind. His I'm nipples you. were so hard, insanely hard in that scene. I was looking at his arms. I was staring directly at his nipples. <laughs> N- nipples don't do anything for I know, me. you're nipple blind. It's okay. It's, we'll start a GoFundMe. Um, <laughs> Please, give me money. Those are. Do you um, have any more? Was that it? That was it. That was amazing. Um, applause for all that thirst. I agree. I agree with all of that. Uh, I, so I don't know how much I have to add because I feel like you covered a lot of mine as well. Um, I would just like a gen- to say I have a general thirst for his wardrobe. I think he looks really cute in those leather jackets. I like the t-shirt. The he Everything he wears look like soft, like you'd want to mm-hmm. snuggle up to it. I like mm-hmm. him in the hoodie. Um, I don't know if you noticed hoodie, this, yes. but by episode four, he was wearing a tie. So yes. he did wear a tie. He did eventually uh, subscribe to the uniform. Um, but yeah, I think he looks really hot in all the clothes that they put him in in the show. Um, I really, I, every time I see the opening credits, I'm reminded of his hotness. I love his little, Mm -hmm. the little blur, the little uh, piece of video they captured for him there. And also just like anytime he's in slow motion, I enjoy that. I don't know why men are hot in slow motion, but they are. Um, I really... I liked it when he was rubbing the rabbit's foot. Just like, mm-hmm. although he's, he needs to do some, some hand exercises, perhaps a little stretching. Cause he did get a hand yeah. cramp. Yes. And you, that that's, you don't want a hand cramp after just like a few seconds of rubbing. Mm-mm. You don't. <laughs> you it's going to be a real not. mood killer. Um, and then I, there was an episode, oh, the episode where he's trying to flirt with the medical examiner and he's bad at it. I don't know why, but I find it hot when men are bad at flirting. Why is that hot for me? I don't know. Like you either have to be so good at it that I'm completely disarmed and I can't speak or you have to be so bad at it that I'm, I just, it's adorable. Yeah. There's no in between for me. I don't want anything in between. I want only extremes. As you would imagine, I'm normally up for pretty much anything in the bedroom. But I can't tell if what happened was weird or sexy. So shall we do some Adam and Andy trivia? Yes. So for this one. Okay. Um, so quick, quick for anyone who's new to the show. Adam or Andy, a trivia contest for one. Sarah's going to give you some trivia con- questions in some configuration or something. I don't know what she's got in store for me, but she's going to try to stump me. I'm not going to try to stump you today. Nicole. Oh, no, no. I okay. am going to read some Brooklyn Nine-Nine trivia that I found adorable. <gasps> oh, so I'm not, I've got the week off. 
You've got the week I can off. just enjoy I just this. Found, could just I just enjoy this. Okay. Okay. All of the actors met with creators Dan Gore and Mike Shore before the pilot was written and helped incorporate aspects of their in real life personality into their char- char- character. So there are I lots of that. aspects of all of their characters that are based on their real life per per. per- personalities i believe that i i mm-hmm. believe that because i do think those characters fit those actors well and even the extremists of them in the first like probably over the first season we'll see them kind of settle in a little bit even that wasn't so cardboard cut out like it felt very like it fit those actors well yeah okay when melissa fumero um Mm-hmm. A- Amy and mm-hmm. Stephanie Beatriz um, wrote Rosa mm-hmm. first booked the show. They were worried one of them was going to get fired because they'd never seen a show with two Latina leads. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I fuck. I get that. And I'm, that's one of the things I love about this show. You yeah. know, Melissa Fumero and a- a- Andy Samberg had a competition to see who could have the most stank breath before filming Jake and Amy, Amy's first kiss. <gasps> Ooh, that's spoilers! Amazing. Well, let's. Spoilers. I'm going to be, and then I'm going to be analyzing that very closely when we get to mm-hmm. that scene, which I think they is ate, in a couple of seasons. They ate wings and roasted garlic. Okay, first of all, I feel like Andy would like the smell of wings. I feel like that's so I think that would be something he would actually enjoy. I don't know why I think that since I don't know him personally, but I just feel like our men tweeted us at Adam Antipod. Are men attracted to the scent of wings like chicken wings on a woman's breath Are I on anywhere on a woman on her breath? Yeah, I thought, I thought we, we were going to say on her breasts on her breasts <laughs> <laughs> on her hindquarters. No tweeted us at Adam Antipod. Are men attracted to the scent of wings? Okay. Well, I just want to know, have you have an experience where a man was seduced by your wing breath? We want to hear about it. Tweet at us at, at, at a mini pond. Tell us your, tell us your wing breath, sexual, enca- your erotic encounters with men and chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Oh this has gone off the rails. Okay. So you already know that. Eh, eh, eh. Andy Samberg and Chelsea Peretti went to an elementary school together. Mm-hmm. Um, Adorable. Appar- apparently, Chelsea had a crush on him. Oh, that's cool. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? He's adorable. Wouldn't? Yeah. Um, Andre Brower mm-hmm. is that his name? Andre Brower yeah. gave a. Andy a picture of Elton John and Bar- and Barry White when the show began Andre said that it perfectly encapsulated Holt and Jake's re- re- relationship that is the sweetest fucking thing I've ever heard mm-hmm. I adore I adore that I adore that actor so much yeah he's amazing um, Terry being racially pro- pro- profiled in his Nate neighborhood which is what you al- mm-hmm. um, alluded to before mm-hmm. was inspired by his re- 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 real life experiences yeah. And I do think we didn't really address this, but I do think Terry, the character, is a very smart play against type where it's like, un- unfortunately, and, and very wrongly in our society, black men um, are portrayed or assumed to be something to be feared, and they shouldn't be. And Terry really revert, like really... Uh, 
subverts that idea. Terry is gentle and sweet and loving and so sweet and gentle that they can't even put him on and out in the field because you know uh because he's got such a big sensitive heart yeah so uh i i think that i love that they they took an opportunity to um you know you know subvert that idea and like show that it's bullshit so the two actors who play Hitchcock and Skull, Skull, Scully, Dirk mm-hmm. Blocker and Joel McKinnon Miller sometimes bring their own props to use during the moments where Hitchcock and Scully are doing something in the background. Nice. Nice. Hitchcock and Scully, we didn't talk about them too much, but they I love them. I feel like the funny thing is like in a different time period, the show would be about them. Yeah, because it's like old two women. old white guys on the force, but they're the idiots, and they're, they're really the just like the background like the clowns. Side, they're the background, background clowns. Although, yeah. god damn, I can't wait to get to that episode where they show Hitchcock and Scully when they were like young on the force. Yeah. I love those episodes. Yeah, um, I, I, I guess on the Office they'd be like the Meredith and and uh, Creed, Creed, yeah. yeah, Meredith and Creed, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I love them. I love, I feel like I sh- should go back and watch these episodes we just watched, but like just see what they're doing because you know they're always doing something in the background. Yeah. Um, and we're not um, always looking at them because they're not speaking, but that doesn't mean they're not doing comedy gold back there. So Terry Crews' first job, real life first job, mm-hmm. was drawing courtroom ske- sketches for the worst mur- 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 murder case in Flint, Michigan's history. Wow. And in fact, before he started acting or playing football, Terry sent his sketches to D- Disney in hopes of la- 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 landing a job. That's incredible. I didn't re- know that. So that must have been something they incorporated into the show. Yeah. That's incredible. I love that. So- I wonder if he had any hand in drawing the sketch that they used in Probably. in the actual show. And we didn't talk about this, but he also did a beautiful oil portrait. Of, of uh, Raymond Holt, the, the captain. Yes, which also I also Holt laughed. Appreciate. I laughed so hard when he was like, oh, "Should we put it on the wall like I'm a Korean dictator?" Yeah, <laughs> can you put me on a horse? And she's like, "We could try." <laughs> that was so good. So, <sighs> um, Stephanie Beatrice was a Shakespearean actor who didn't really have a com- com- comedy bat 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 background prior to wow. playing. Wow. Her deadpan delivery is spot on. Yeah. Melissa Fumero was a professional dancer until oh. her late 20s. Twen- 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 in fact, one of her first jobs was teaching te- te- ballet. Wow. Cool. Okay. Again, the- flawless comedic timing. How many more of these are there? Let's see. I- well, I- do you want to save them for another... Uh, another yeah. episode. Let's do that. <laughs> I was like, wow. "Damn, girl!" Uh, Sorry, yes, I, I love going. it. No, I <laughs> love the show. I love all. I feel like I learned so much, and now I'm going to be thinking about that stuff when we get into some of the future episodes. Oh, you look awesome. Come the fuck upstairs. <laughs> okay. But wait, I have to worry about something. What? If you come up here, I'm going to tie you to my bed and keep you for at least three days. I'm just in that kind of mood. Okay, are you ready to spin the wheel? The Adam so, Wheel. The Adam Wheel. I guess it's now just the Adam Wheel. Sorry, guys. Uh, but we, we're going to be Brooklyn Nine-Nining it for a while, so we don't really 
uh, don't really need to don't really need to figure out what we're going to be. Let's do girls at the same time, just like girls in Brooklyn. Girls Nine-Nine in Brooklyn Nine Nine could not be more different. Honestly, the flavors. Yeah. Uh, we will do girls eventually. Uh, I haven't put it on the wheel yet, uh, but we will get there eventually. Okay, so are you ready to spin that wheel? Yes. So on the wheel right now, we have Midnight Special, Patterson, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, and Tracks. So I've got four on there this week. I could have added more, but I really want to watch one of these movies, goddammit. So I am, I am, I am kind of p- playing the game a little bit. Uh, so Midnight Special, Patterson, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, and Tracks. Uh, three of those movies are movies I have not seen. So let's uh, spin that wheel. And it's going to be tracks. Tracks. tracks? Uh, I have not seen tracks. That is not a film I have seen. Uh, And I'm going to tell you what it's about right now. Let me find it on the list of Adam films here that I have pulled up. Okay. He plays Rick. Uh, This film is uh, based has, this is a film that's based on real people. Uh, A young woman goes on a 1700 mile trek across the deserts of Western Australia with four camels and her faithful dog. Did you dog. say 1,700 mile? Yeah, 1,700. Oh my God, I would die. Uh, and I think Adam plays a, a, like a nature photographer or something. Okay. And that is he is, just like, she meets him along the, the I way? Don't, I don't know. I, I've seen a couple of gifts and pics and things. I know when Adam wears, name? I know Adam wears shorts for like the entire movie basically Which i won't see because i have because you have below the neck blindness you, I don't you have know, crotch like, blindness maybe he'll thru- maybe maybe he'll bend over and you might accidentally I see something some thrusting you need thrusting pelvic thrust well i'm not sure if you'll get that in this movie but i don't know because i don't know anything about it um other than adam looks like a cute soft cute softy in this uh in this movie um so tracks is going to be our next film uh haven't seen it looking forward to it he's not a main character um but uh but uh, but uh, but rick is a beloved adam driver character and i'm looking forward to meeting rick so i believe there is um there is a uh a twitter account that we follow um that they are doing a book club and they did do tracks uh, so the name of that, um, oh yeah, so Creative License is the name of the Twitter account. Uh, they uh, host movie nights and a book club on Reddit. Right now they're reading House of Gucci. So they're reading House of Gucci right now. Uh, and uh, their book club is on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Uh, so they're doing House of Gucci right now, but I know they just, they did tracks. Um, so if you're into book clubs, but yeah, there is a book about the, 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 this movie is based on, I guess. Um, and again, it's based on real people. So tracks, that's what we're watching next. Uh, thank you listeners. And those of you watching us on the vidcast, uh, thank you for joining us. Um, you can, uh, we love, 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 love talking with you about these two actors, on social media. It is one of the great joys of my week. Um, all of you guys out there uh, that have been chit chatting with, uh, with me on Twitter uh, and, and, and Instagram and all that. We, we love you. Um, so please check us out and talk to us. Um, we are on Facebook and Instagram at 
at Adam and Andy podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Adam Andy pod. Sarah. Nicole. It's going to be real hard for me not to binge like the next seven seasons of Brooklyn yeah. Nine-Nine, but somehow I'm going to, I'm somehow to I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get a, a 24 pack of LaCroix, maybe the limoncello if I'm feeling wild. I don't know how you feel about the limoncello. I love it. Love it. Uh, do maybe, you? well, now we Have can hang out. It? We didn't say this. We didn't say this on the air, but we've hung out in person. Mm-hmm. You and I. I've yes. hung out in person without masks. We did our thing. We did our thing, which is we watched the usual book. thing. We watched something. We ordered food. We did. We played with the kids and the dog. We did. We did. We um, talked to Chris. Maybe we could watch tracks together. Ooh, yeah. Let's do you do want it. to watch tracks together? I put it, I put it up, so May twentieth is the record recording oh. date. Correct. Y- I yeah I guess so I don't know why we're working this out on air. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Let's no, not. it's <laughs> no because you're right because we need to figure out can we yeah so the next time we're recording is the twentieth but the next time we're hanging out is the fifteenth so we could watch tracks if you want unless you don't want to do homework. No, we should. We let's should do homework. Tracks. Let's order some maybe some Indian. Because I know you like, that's like, that's one of your favorite genres of food. Or I don't know, whatever, whatever we're feeling, ramen, I don't know, whatever we're feeling, we'll order some takeout and we'll watch tracks. 